Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be at this, the end of the world, (laughs) uh, that you're doing really, really well. And that when you engage in your shadow work and when you realize what problems they're in in your life that that, that lie there um lie there and so i meant to say um that you're able to realize why they exist in the first place you allowed it in some small part you attracted it or allowed it and when you stop putting up with this stuff like for example I mean, yesterday, okay, I did a whole show on what does disrespect look like? And I didn't have enough time in the two-hour period to go over uh, why I did the show exactly. Um, there's, there's time. See, I grew up in a house that did not have a lot of respect. <clears throat> My parents usually we're respectful of other people occasionally not so much and I told you about them barging into people's houses and hey we're just here to barge in and have dinner and they would always do it right before dinner like they would you know this is how they juggled their their uh, struggles of money like this was this was part of the scheme right I probably didn't mention that yesterday but um you know my parents wouldn't just go to someone's house you know at 11 in the morning and bring a bottle of wine and a basket of fruit. No, they would show up at six o'clock at night when, if they know what time someone eats, they would be there like 15 minutes before and then watch as a person scrambles to make something work. Um, it's disrespectful and they thought it was funny and they made it, you know, funny and, Oh, look, we brought cards. Let's play a game at the end of the, you know, let's play Pinochle or whatever the hell they wanted to play. I mean, these are the kinds of things that my parents did. And, you know, they were both extroverts and they didn't see the problem. (laughs) It wasn't a problem for them because they enjoyed hanging out with people. But also, I think secretly it was a way to, you know, raise two kids when they were financially struggling like let's just show up when they're about to eat we'll see how they scramble you know (laughs) they never really talked about that I don't think they have the consciousness to think about you know what what that's gonna look like from the other person's perspective like it was never in their minds you know like to think about 
how is this going to make the other person feel? And how is this going to be awkward and uncomfortable and emotionally, um, shocking, you know, for the other person, especially if they're an introvert and they had, um, they did this to a couple introverted people. Like they'd show up at lunchtime or they would, you know, and we sat, we sat at this man, this little old man's house from church. God bless him. He, he, he was this little old man. He was super, super introverted, really, really quiet. And sometimes I would just sit with him and we would like say nothing to each other. I loved this old dude. He was pretty cool, you know, and he was, um, I don't even know where the hell he was from. I know he was a person of color and most of my church, um, it was a mixed group, but most of church goers were white or at least they, if they were half something else, they looked more white. So I think this guy felt uncomfortable a little bit. I, hopefully that's not un PC enough for me to say that, but I mean, I just, I could see it in his eyes a little bit. So I wanted to be the one to be all, Hey buddy, I'll talk to you. But then he was like, so quiet that he didn't want to be talked to. So I would just sit with him and not talk. And he loved that. And as an introvert, I was like, this is freaking awesome. So my parents like randomly invited themselves to his house. <laughs> and, um, I remember sitting there as he sheepishly and super embarrassedly handed us, um, a bowl of really freaking old candy. <laughs> and it was like peanut butter candy. And my, my stepmom's like, Oh, this is my favorite candy. And I knew it wasn't, I mean, I knew she had complained about this candy before. It was just like so crazy. Like we just sat there and ate this guy's candy, like the whole bowl of candy. And he says, yes, yes, take it all. And then, and he was like, he like went and got a baggie and gave me the rest of the candy and told me to take it. <laughs> it was terrible candy. It was like, it was like, <laughs> peanut butter candy in a hard candy but it, that sounds even better than it actually was it was like squishy and it stuck to your teeth and you had to like lick your teeth un uncontrollably or like an <laughs> another 30 minutes and it was like the worst candy ever but we cleaned him out okay we took his candy <laughs> We took his candy. It was like so um, weird. Like my parents would do shit like this all the time. And then another time they uh, we, we barged in <laughs> right before our Jewish friends were going to eat because they liked my parent. My parents liked matzo ball soup. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, I hope this isn't like a holiday or something like we were Christian and I didn't know. I'm like, well, we're not really in, you know, the holidays I was aware of, but I'm like, you know, this could be like Rosh Hashanah or something. I don't, you know, like why did my parents like not make sure of what's going on, you know, with this person's life before just barging in on them. And they're like, I just made some matzo ball soup. And they're like, oh, perfect timing then. We just thought we'd stop by. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, stop by. Stop by. Like, we just happened to be in the neighborhood after we drove two freaking hours to your house. That's how bad it was. It was so bad. I feel like I'm doing stand-up comedy right now. This is so bad. It's so embarrassing. 
it's just, you know, and so for me, I grew up in a household without respect and boundaries. Like there were none. Like I watched the way my parents interacted with other people and it was just like no boundaries. And a lot of people loved my dad for the fact that he would like walk into a restaurant and shake hands with everybody, introduce himself to everybody. And he was just so larger than life type of person. He was really tall, you know, and he wore a cowboy hat with, and boots, cowboy boots and a big belt buckle. We lived in Minnesota. You know, I know half of you thought, oh, they're from Texas. No, we're from freaking Minnesota. So how weird is that? My dad dresses like he's from Texas. <laughs> I mean, he walked around in his Tony Llama boots, man. I know what Tony Llama boots are. That's weird. I, I grew up in California and then, you know, Minnesota, right? I shouldn't know this information. <laughs> but my dad would like shake the hands of everybody in the whole restaurant and what you have and all oh, that looks good. All right, I might have that myself. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, like he'd go around like complimenting people on the food choices they made. <laughs> I mean, the lack of boundaries, the lack of respect, this is how I was raised, you know? And so it's easy to bring people into your world if you're raised in such a fashion or something similar to me. <laughs> it's easy to grow up and then just also not have boundaries. You know, like just blurting shit out that you shouldn't, you know, like I think now I, I do this a lot. <laughs> I, I do this a lot less than I used to. But when I was younger, especially boy, I would just like blurt shit out at people. And as part of my Hey Yoka, I am a Hey Yoka lightning shaman. I haven't talked about that in a while. Um, lightning because I was struck by lightning. I'm a Hey Yoka sh- a shaman because I, a Hey Yoka is somebody who naturally is gifted in the way in which we a embarrass the shit out of ourselves constantly with shit we say and b we awkwardly point out the faults in others that will totally piss them off and hate us eh, but then a couple years later they, they come back sometimes and they thank us and whatever we say gets into their gets under their skin and they just sit there like ah stewing about it for a while hating our guts but then when they recognize finally this is the shit they needed to work on. And now like we kind of help people heal by pointing out their flaws, which, you know, I get partially from my parents with the lack of boundaries issue. Like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've said some very awkward shit to people and, um, like I had a friend who had his, um, he was hit by a guy in a car, um, a big like Rolls Royce, like it, it was really insane, like insanely expensive car. The super wealthy man ran over my friend and, um, his face was all, um, like torn up by road rash on one half of his face. I mean, he literally looked like a super villain from a movie or something like you know, it was like crazy. Like one half of his face, he was one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen in my life. But then he turns his face and the other half of his face is totally screwed up. Like his lip was going down and his, his skin was all, um, he had like gravel stuck in his face and it just, it just tore his face. And he told me like one day I said, I, I, 
I know I'm going to be rude when I ask you, but you know, how did that happen? And he told me the story. I, I, I guess the guy dragged him for like a block before he realized what was happening. Cause he was old. And, um, I just looked at my friend and I'm like, you know, you are a very good looking man. And he's like, why would you say that? I'm like, well, I'm looking at the, you know, the non tore up part of your face but I could see the whole thing and I see your energy and I see it in your eyes that you used your gorgeous face and your beautiful body. I'm like, you're an athlete. And he's like, yeah, he was like in, in university or while well, we were in Santa Barbara city college, but he was in uh, school and I think he was going to have like two, um, he was playing a couple two or three different sports and they really wanted him. And he was looking for scouts. I think they had scouted him even for like that little city college, you know, and he was extremely talented and everybody knew him. Everybody knew him, you know, that paid attention to like the local sports, like of the, you know, community college. So he was looking to get some kind of a scholarship like football or, um, I think he said he played baseball. He didn't play basketball, but he played football anyway. Um, I think he even played soccer with his friends. Like he was an all around athlete. So he had a perfect body and he had a perfect face. And then this accident happened and I could see how he was always using his charms with women. I could see how he had flirt a lot. And I said, you know what? I see something about you and why this happened. And so this is like part of my Hayoka shaman thing. You know, I'd be like, okay, so like you were an extremely gorgeous person <clears throat> And you could use your charisma and your charm. And the fact that you're, uh, you have a really, he had a, he's very smart, he had a very good education. And I'm like, you, I see how you go about your business in different groups of people. I see how you are in the world and I see how you flirt with women. He's like, yeah, what do you know about it? And he starts flirting with me and I'm like, there you go. But this is something I know about you looking at you is when this accident happened, you no longer could use your looks to, um, get by on, on, you know, doing less in your life. And it was just like, it was almost like I was seeing his high school days. I mean, I was like reading how he was as a kid coming up, you know, in the Bay area. And, and I'm like, but I see now that this has now made you work on yourself. And now you have to be you know, you're still flirtatious and you're still charming, but you have to work on your intellectual side and your spiritual side, like all the different parts of you. It forced you at a very early age. You know, he's like 19 or something to when this happened to, uh, work on yourself. And he said, he's going to end up looking, you know, more normal, but it was going to take years. And he said, every six months I get a new operation and every six months I heal a little bit more. You know, he said it was a lot worse than it is now, but it is getting better. And this guy has, he's paying for all of the operations he had to. And so, and I'm like, so, you know, like however many years it's going to take, what, five, six years, maybe more, maybe even 10 years. And so during all this time, you're going to learn a lot more about yourself and the way people treat you. Cause I also saw how some people treat him you know, like versus how they treat other people that were good looking without a thing with their face. And it was crazy. Like 
he still was a confident person, but in the beginning he said he wasn't. And we had like this really deep heart to heart, but he listened to me as a Hayoka. He was listening to my assessment of the situation. I go, I see you. And I see that you are, um, trying to get people to be attracted to you now more so with your mind than you did before. Cause before you used your looks and I see you slipping back into your old patterns and habits. And then I see eventually you stop yourself and turn it around. And I only had known him like in passing a little bit, but I've been watching him because we had a couple classes together. We're taking theater arts together. And he was just like, God, you're really deep. Like you're smart. Like, how did you observe that about me? You know? And I'm like, I don't know. You're really a fascinating person to me. You know, that you would come to earth. You would choose this thing to happen to you, but why? And for me, it was like a puzzle to unravel. Right. But it's kind of rude that I would have like zero boundaries and Hey, I noticed you have this, uh, you know, weird deformity or whatever, you know, Hey, let me talk about your, you know, your lack of a leg. What do you think happened there? You know, <laughs> I'm not that bad now, but I used to be that bad. You know, when I was like 19, I was at the time when I met him, I, he was 19 also, you know, we were both like young, you know, <laughs> but I, that's a Hayoka thing. So like coming up without boundaries, coming out up without, um, you know, complete respect for, you know, other people's privacy, their right to, um, be treated as an equal or a peer a hundred percent of the time, or, um, you know, like all of that. I don't know. I mean, although my, my parents, even though they were very extroverted, they were actually very nice and generous to waiters and waitresses. So at least, you know, like they didn't have boundaries, but they at least were nice. My stepmom beat the shit out of me, but she was nice to other people. It was really, really weird. She beat me all the time, like all the time. It was weird. Like almost every single day of my life with her, you know, but when I was, I don't know, in my twenties, I realized that it was so that I could, um, help her change her violent ways. You know, obviously it had nothing to do with me. You know, like I know that I would lip off because <laughs> my, I mean, they raised me without boundaries and then they get mad when I don't have boundaries. Like what the hell is that? But like, it's such a big, um, <laughs> you know, it was just, I don't know. It was, it was a big deal that she was abusing me at the time. And, you know, looking back, I have had years of therapy and I got over it. I got through it. I've, you know, started to unravel some of the stuff that I grew up with, like witnessing this constant, I mean, it was a constant steady stream of disrespect of other people. And it wasn't just one or two people. It was like almost everyone that they met, you know, except for the pastor and his wife, we would go to their house, but my parents would arrange it in advance. But that's because the pastor himself set boundaries. If any of you would like to make an appointment with me or come over to my house to have a conversation about something in your life, then let me know, you know? And then the, when they left that church and they, you know, when he retired and he went to, um, Canada, we literally drove all the way to Canada to go to their house <laughs> from Los Angeles. We, <laughs> but see, again, my parents with him did not barge in because he, they know he had a standing policy 
of having boundaries that he clearly established with everybody. So, I mean, in that way, at least my parents were respectful, but it kind of felt like, you know, Hey, can we just stop by sometime, you know, and people, Oh, sure. Sure. You know, it's, it's like people get put on the spot and then they would just, you know, so anyway, so if you grow up in a, in a household where there is not respect, you know, or there are no boundaries or all this. See, then you, you get this thing inside you where you feel like you don't deserve boundaries because you were never shown that, you know, you don't deserve respect because you were never respect because you never like were shown that. And then you get to a point where you don't even know what respect is. And then you break up with your first person and they go, you don't respect me. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean? you mean boundaries what the hell are you talking about you know it's like that was me and I was like 18 like what you know (laughs) what are you talking about you know and it was um and I've heard that from a couple people like you know like growing up you don't have any boundaries it's like well what boundaries should I have and what do you mean by that no boundaries I mean a fence around my house like I really didn't know what the hell was happening like why what are you talking about it took me a while to get it. And even now I think it's a little fuzzy still, you know, um, I don't go out of my way to talk to people like I used to, like, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, um, like I'm, you know, sometimes I go out of my way just to gab at people cause I was so lonely because I was so scared of like interacting with people. And then it would just all come out at once. And usually it was like cashiers at stores or whatever. And it wasn't because I was, um, purposely trying to be disrespectful of their time. It was just like, I don't have those boundaries. Right. Cause I was, I mean, I grew up in a household where my parents did this shit all the time, you know? And I thought, well, maybe I would be happier and have a lot more friends like my parents did, you know, if I acted a little more like them, you know, and then I try to I mean, like duplicate the behavior and it never worked out, <laughs> you know, it was just like, well, shit, I annoyed this person. I talked too much and they still don't want to be my friend. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You know, how come I can't, you know, interact in a normal freaking way. And I mean, it took me a while. And so some of this is my shadow work and it might be yours too, or people that, you know, you know, um, but this is part of the shadow work. Cause so now we have to realize how we can change ourselves, how we can unravel our childhood experiences that were not ideal, you know, God bless my parents. They did the best they could. They didn't go into this as sinister as like, we're going to eat all their food and then leave, you know, (laughs) you know, let's just go into their house. We'll burn this fucker to the ground and, you know, use everything and then leave. You know, they weren't like that. They were like more, I mean, they were nice and fun and gregarious and, oh, we had a great time, you know, at the end, like we had a great time. And I just feel like, I think I've possibly repressed a lot of people kind of shoving them out the door with extra food as like kind of, um, dangling an apple on a fishing line in front of a great or I mean, in front of a horse to get it to race or, you know, like how they do that in the cartoons. I kind of feel like that might've been what was going on. Sometimes I feel like we were being shoved out the door and the buffer zone was like the Tupperware full of stuff. And I feel like a lot of people probably shut their doors and locked them immediately when we 
left their house. Like, you know, and oh, be careful out there. And then they lock their door really quick. Like shit, they can't come back in now. You know, like, let's just quickly lock it. You know, um, I, I mean my whole adult life, I have like when somebody knocks at the door, I freaking duck. (laughs) I don't answer the door and I pretend they're not, pretend we're not home. (laughs) I mean, it's like a typical introvert move and I think it comes from that, but like, anyway, so this is part of the stuff I have to unravel. And you know, there's some of the shadow stuff, like the harder stuff, like when you're abused, when you're, you know, so you have to go through all the things in your mind, um, that did happen, acknowledge it. And instead of being embarrassed or ashamed, you got to unravel the embarrassment. You got to unravel the shame because you, the way your parents acted, that's not you. It didn't really reflect on you, even though you just, uh, you turn a million shades of red because you think, oh God, you know, oh God, everyone must think of me the same that they think of my, my parents, but that's not true. I mean, how many times did I scream with my eyes at people? Help me. I'm trapped with these people. (laughs) You know, she's abusing me. My dad is kind, but I'm embarrassed as hell by these people. You know, it's not enough that they're, I mean, I was embarrassed by their weight. They were both very overweight for a while. When they died, they both weren't. They had actually gotten that part of their life under control. But when you're a kid and your parents are really, really fat (laughs) and, uh, then they're barging in at supper time and eating your food. Like it's so embarrassing. Like, I don't know why I feel like if they both had great metabolisms and great health, maybe it wouldn't have been as embarrassing for me, but maybe, maybe it still would have been, you know? And so, you know, did I fat shame them in my mind as a 10 year old child? Yes. Cause I thought that eating is what causes overweightness. In some cases it does. In other cases, it's other health issues. I know now it's not always that it's not just eating people out of house and home because you felt like it. You know, I feel like it's probably, you know, mostly like, you know, diabetes or your metabolism slows down due to hormones or, you know, something is going on. You're taking medication, whatever, you know? So I mean, but my, I mean, my parents did go and they sat with people and they had cancer and they're dying in the hospital or whatever. I mean, they did a lot of community service just because they wanted to, not because they were in trouble with the law, <laughs> you know? So that was good. And they were upstanding citizens. They never got arrested. They weren't alcoholics. They weren't drug abusers. They weren't, you know, like abusive in other ways. My stepmom beat me cause she freaking felt like beating me, not because she was an alcoholic. So, I mean, I kind of wish sometimes that she had been an alcoholic because then I could have blamed the alcohol, you know, instead of questioning who I am, you know, why did I deserve to be literally the redheaded stepchild that was literally treated like a redheaded stepchild? And why is that a thing? That's also (laughs) non-PC, you know, nobody ever uh, stands up for the redheads, but of the world. But um, anyway, so... When you're going through this, you have to unravel uh, 
the guilt and the shame that you felt, the embarrassment on behalf of your parents, like, you know, when you feel the humiliation of that, um, you know, and like, if you're trying to be quiet and obscure and you're hiding back and then like my parents would be like, are you coming Elena? Like so loud. So everybody at Kmart or whatever, you know, this is before Walmart existed, you know, but that was like, you know, the Walmart, the old school Walmart was Kmart. You know, are you coming? You know, it's just like, oh my God, it was so embarrassing. Like, oh my God, I was just like a shrinking violet, like all the time, like, damn it, you know? And when I, I was a shy girl, even before like my parent, my stepmom and dad got married when I was very, very little, like my parents would take me to church or whatever. God knows where we were always out. My dad was so like, so extroverted and I would always hide under the nearest table that had a tablecloth where I could just sit there it, like underneath the table. And if they couldn't find me, they would be like, everyone look under the tables. And then so strangers would always find me and, and try to talk to me. And I'm like, what the hell, man? Just leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to be under the table by myself. Like, and I mean, I've had dreams and, and, and memories of just being uh, under tables like it's like so strange that that's like you know I have like visions of you know <laughs> 1969 from from the view of being under a table behind hiding behind a tablecloth with wood paneling everywhere <laughs> and you know men's wingtips you know and, and it, people used to dress really nice still back at that time nobody went to anyone's house with sweatpants and a t-shirt back then it was a really different I grew up in a different time, but, um, anyway, so all this stuff, like, you know, but no matter what it is, I mean, if you are, are abused, then you feel shame and humiliation about the way you were treated. And so you're adding and piling and layering all these, uh, emotions on top of, um, the basic thing of I'm being beaten. I don't know why, why don't they love me? There's an issue. Boom. You are loved. If they didn't love you, then they had a fault, a faulty wire in their brain that made them not love people. It's not your fault. You are lovable. You are loved, right? You know, and then, you know, you're, and then when you're abused, you know, there's that. And then there's like the survival thing that kicks in and then you feel unsafe. And now you've got a block in your, in your first chakra of survival and safety, um, you know, issues. And then, um, you know, so there's all that. And then you feel like when they tell you to be quiet, shut up, um, the, those words, if you hear it all the time, you know, it's, uh, and it's, and especially if it's not like in a joke, Oh, shut up. Ha ha ha. You know, it was not in a joking matter, uh, manner. Um, it ends up being <clears throat> a block your throat chakra because you, uh, sound like starting to cough. There's a throat chakra thing right there. Just, <clears throat> you know, but, um, that, it makes you feel like you don't have a voice. You shouldn't use your voice. No one wants to hear from you, especially if your children should be seen and not heard. I heard that, um, a few times when I was a kid, you know, I just said, whatever, you've got that saying out of a book, you're dumb. You know, <laughs> like that's not, come on. Obviously that's not true. And then I would scream. No, I'm just kidding. I was not a screamer. I was so, so quiet. 
you know, but then my dad would always encourage me to talk, you know, like he would say that about my brother, children should not, should be seen and not heard, go in the corner, you know, or whatever. And, but to me, he would just be like, Hey, you want to come talk to people? I'm like, no. <laughs> and I would just sit by myself and read a book or draw, you know, I would just, I bring crayon coloring books, whatever, you know, just to be alone and like, okay, I just need my mind to myself and, you know, but, um, but it was embarrassing. You know, all these things are embarrassing and we have all these embarrassments from our parents. Um, even if you have pretty functional, um, parents and a pretty functional family, there's still embarrassments, right? There's still some stuff. So you have to unravel like all the ways that you feel like, how did they like stop you in your throat chakra or how did you feel unsafe or how did they strip you of your identity in your third chakra? Like, and this is not a a blame the parents game right now. It's just trying to get you to see all the ways in which you grew up. Maybe as a teacher, maybe it wasn't your parents, your grandparents, or maybe your parents were great, but it was your uncles, you know, um, one of you who does listen to me and I know, um, you're about 16 or maybe you're 17 by now. You might be 17 years old. And this person told me that his parents were great. His dad was closed minded, but he was beaming him love and light all the time. And his dad started to open his, his mind and his consciousness. Like he would meditate and then send the love to his dad. And it was really weird because his dad started to wake up. He's like, last time I talked to him, he's like, my dad's starting to wake up. It's like, I'm sending a, I'm like shooting a beam of light into his head. And it's hilarious. Cause now he's like, Hey, do you know about auras or whatever? You know, he asked him some spiritual question and, and, and my, my uh, young friend was like, Whoa, <laughs> that's not anything I ever expected my dad to say, you know? So it, it does work when we, you know, increase our consciousness and then send it out. If you could send it to certain people in your family, it might, might hurry them up a little, speed them up a little, you know, like, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, he was telling me like his mom was the sweetest, most kindest, uh, person in the whole wide world. His dad work was overworked, but he was also pretty nice. Um, you know, he has his issues, but it's not totally bad, but it was his, his grandfather and the uncle's and the ants that were treating them very, very bad, you know? And so he was like, oh, and he just saw they were even abusing like his parents, you know, they fell in the hard times and had to go live with like some of the relatives. And so it was just like the emotional abuse and the judgments and the disrespect. And, you know, so he grew up in, you know, where he's growing up right now where his parents love him and things are good. And I think they just finally got their own place. So, no more horrible relatives, but it was the relatives that did that, you know? So your, um, shadow things can come from all over the place. You know, it could be from, um, just an interaction you had with someone that was particularly strong, um, in your memory. So you have to look at all the chakras, what they represent, you know, there's plenty of information on the internet. I did in my first season, a series on chakras, um, the first through the 12th chakra and what you need to unravel and, you know, any issues with it. And then how do you raise your vibration enough to open them all up? That's how we're going to get to the fifth dimension. So anyway, um, 
Yeah, I've been thinking about this though, but the disrespect thing, you know, if somebody is totally respectful and then they start acting out for like a few months or something, you know, that might be because there's something wrong, you know, Hey, did I do something? Did I say something or look at what they're going through? If you could live with them being a pill, that's my mom used to say, you're a little pill, you know, (laughs) it was extremely little she'd be like, you're a little pill. And then she'd start laughing and I'm like, okay, I'm a pill. All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me curl up in the ball and roll around the floor. I, I guess I'm a pill now. You know, my mom would say it and kind of smirk and then she'd laugh, you know, cause my mom was actually very sweet, but, um, my, 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 uh, my adopted mom, it was my stepmom that beat me, but my, my adopted mom was a very lovely person. Even her name meant beloved and everyone who met her loved her. So I'm very lucky that she was a huge part of my life. And we talked every single day. Um, she asked me, had to ask me if I brushed my teeth (laughs) and that was, it drove me crazy, but it was very sweet and endearing, you know, but, um, so, you know, uh, looking at all of the things that happened, like is someone like out and out just abused you like, you know, through, um, pedophilia, rape, you know, all that stuff, your shadow that you need to work on and your saw and yourself is, do I let people in that I don't want there? Do I let, um, myself be used sexually by people that I barely like, or do I allow myself to get into relationships that aren't really serving me that are, um, taking a little piece of my heart, you know, like every time, you know, and, and, um, or do, or when I'm in a loving, beautiful, wonderful relationship, do I hold back physically? Do I hold back sexually? Do I hold back emotionally? Do I swear to God, they're never going to get my whole heart? Like, you know, like it, it might be a subconscious thing, you know? So you have to look at all these things and unravel it, unravel it. And, and, and just, love yourself, except, but, but don't blame yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Like how I'm so weird. I'm this, I'm that, you know, don't judge yourself for it. Just accept it about yourself and love yourself for these things. And just be like, okay, look, you know, like it's not your parents fault. Like if you get raped by somebody, unless they were there making it happen, it's not their fault. So that's false guilt that you're blaming, blaming them. Now, if they, you know, hired a babysitter that hurt you, it's not really their fault. Cause if they had known it was going to happen, it was kind of their fault, but it's really not because they wouldn't have hired that babysitter if they had known, right? It sucks, but you know, shit happens and parents do their very level best, unless they're just total shitty people. Then that's a whole nother conversation, but in general, most people are pretty good. I think, you know, I'd like to believe that anyway, but, um, you know, like when somebody gets, uh, hurt seriously, emotionally or physically hurt, you know, um, they tend to blame the parents. Other people blame the parents. Oh, it's your fault. Cause you allowed this to happen. I did not allow it to happen. The person to be blamed to be blamed is the rapist is the pedophile is, is the, you know, the person who did the hurting. That's the person who's at fault, right? You know, I mean, if the parents, I mean, no parent is going to perp. I mean, 
you know, no normal parent, even if they're a dysfunctional person, they wouldn't normally choose to have their, their kids put in harm way in harm's way. I think nine times out of 10, maybe not even one tenth of the time our parents sinisterly hoping for something crappy to happen to their kid. I mean, I don't think most, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but my take on it is maybe it's like one in 20 parents, maybe one in 50 are that like, you know, Cruella DeVille towards their kids. Like, but usually, you know, I feel like most parents, they, they, they mean well, they do their best. They still fuck up. And we, as children who grow up, we have to learn how to unravel the shit that they did to us, <laughs> you know, and try to do better for our own children. You know, we're going to try our level best. We're going to do everything as best we possibly can. Shit still might happen, but we can't put all that false guilt and blame and beating ourselves up and berating ourselves. If something does go wrong, we just have to go look, okay, unravel all of that. And then look at what happened, you know? Like if you have a 16-year-old that runs off in the middle of the night and runs away from home and then they get hurt but you didn't even know they left the house because you said goodnight, they were in their bed and then they ran away 30 minutes later. Like, you know what I mean? It's not really your fault when you didn't know. It's not like you left the, you know, you made sure that they left. It's not like you drove them to the, you know, the train station, you know, like, um, most parents aren't bad. Like they're not, they're not trying to be bad people. And some parents just, they don't care. They're not engaged because they're so hurt. So you have to unravel all that. Like, just take all that. Ugh. I don't need to have guilt over this shit. Like, it wasn't my fault. I didn't barge into people's houses, you know. I didn't, you know, choose to randomly show up and eat their food. Like, but when I was growing up, I, I for a while, I felt that was normal. That's how you do, you know. We're neighbors. We're friends. We know each other. It's okay. You know, I mean, like my parents were like the original Kramers. Okay. <laughs> From Seinfeld. That's my parents. They were the original Kramers. <laughs> they were Kramers before Kramer was Kramer. <laughs> but, um, you know, I got over all that embarrassing thing. Like they go around hugging people. So when I would hug people and then I get the weird reaction, like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you randomly hugging me? It's like, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Is that not okay? <laughs> you know? And now I know it's not freaking okay. Don't just randomly hug people. You know, today, though, I did get a hug from a friend. Right off the topic now. Hopefully, whoever needed to hear that, just, you know, hopefully, hopefully that helped. And you can DM me at MermaidGirl888 if you need to talk about this stuff. It's cool because, I mean... It's pretty, uh, it could be pretty gnarly unraveling some of this shit. But, um, anyway, I went to Montanita beach today. I went and I treated myself to a hamburger and French fries and, um, and a, a freshly made pineapple juice for $7 and 50 cents. All of this stuff. It's a little pricey for Ecuador, but I mean, the most pricey thing is like 13. There's a $13 burger at Tiki Limbo. I did not go there. I just went to the neighbor restaurant that has excellent pizza, but I really, really, really wanted a burger. I haven't had one in a while. 
you know, with all like with the fries and stuff. And I wasn't going to have a soda though. I wanted fresh juice, which is pretty cool. And everything's organic. It's amazing. But, um, so I did that. I did go to Tiki Limbo and I did buy, um, bagels. I wanted to use a restroom and I used the bagels as my cover story. I'm going to go to the Panaderia, you know, and buy something in a minute. I need to use a bathroom because <laughs> I know Tiki Limbo always keeps a very clean, uh, restaurant and their bathrooms always clean and they're always well stocked with toilet paper. And most, most places aren't you know, in Ecuador, <laughs> even in the mall, like sometimes you, they try their best, but you know, so I, I knew if I would have a good bathroom experience on my outing. So, so anyway, I went into the, afterwards, I went into the Panadria and they had bagels. Oh my God. So I was so happy to see bagels cause they're very, very hard to come by in this country. And that's now the, um, third source of bagels I've heard of in the whole of Ecuador. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it's just one of those things that made me super, super happy. And I'm like, okay, about the last two bagels, they were everything bagels. I noticed they even had vegan brownies. Oh my God. They had so much, so much stuff. <clears throat> they probably have sugar free stuff that they made with like apple juice and stuff. I mean, seriously, <clears throat> really good stuff, but I didn't order any desserts. I just got the bagels and left. And I went to the grocery store and I, um, and I had, my lunch was very strange cause they list, they played, um, uh, a bunch of rap songs, um, like, um, from the United States and a couple of them were South American raps in Spanish. But I sat there watching like Tupac Shakur videos, like old school rap with this, uh, gray pit bull, this beautiful, she was so pretty and she was sat with me. And of course I, I shared a, a larger portion of my bun that I did not want to eat. And so I shared that with her and she appreciated it because she was, she's just a street dog, but she's a pit bull and she's adorable and she's super, super kind. And, um, she has like these, these still blue gray eyes and she was all, um, gray and she, she looked like she was half Weimaraner and half pit bull, like with the way her fur was, it was like Weimaraner's. Um, they're massive dogs, but they're very like velvety soft in their gray anyway. So it had a very strange, it was like a surreal afternoon. And then as I was walking to the store, there's this one street where it looks like ocean waves. Like the whole street is, um, very wavy, like very bumpy, like not just one or two Hills, but I mean like 30 Hills in one block, um, I'm going to have to take a picture of this for you guys, because you are not going to freaking believe it until you see it. And I asked one of the restaurant owners, what the hell happened to the road, you know? And he told me basically when the, um, the 8.6 earthquake happened in, um, it really shook Montanita. It was like a really big deal. And in that road became like a wave and now it's like a permanent wave. <laughs> I mean like a, a permanent wave in your hair too. It's like very curly. The road is curly. I told this guy, I'm like the last time I was here five years ago, I was so high. The last time I walked on this road that I would not, I don't remember it being like this, you know? And, and I think I was so high that I was walking in a way in which I probably wouldn't have noticed the road. It would have been straight to me 
because my eyes were curly. <laughs> it was how I felt. And, you know, and he said, no, now this happened. Like, you know, when that big earthquake hit, I'm like, oh yeah. All right. I do remember that I was in Cuenca and the apartment I just, uh, the house, the townhouse I just left and the apartment I had before had major cracks in it. I mean, that was a big earthquake. I mean, the fact that we felt it all the way in another country, it was, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, um, so that was like an odd thing. But anyway, on the way I, so I meet this guy, I met this guy who is, um, he's a Muslim. He's from Persia and, um, he and his wife, they're hippies, they're vegans. He and his wife and their little kid, um, are, uh, were in Cuenca when I was there. And so I guess they just moved here about a year and a half ago. And here he is, he has his own restaurant now and he makes his own yogurt. He makes excellent food. Like my God, he does either vegans, but he does also eat yogurt and he has honey that I think he keeps bees like, you know, is, is like raw and natural stuff and vegan stuff and really hard to find stuff. And he is one of the sweetest people and kind hearted. And he's a person that actually walks the walk and talks the talk. And, um, so I'm just like walking down the road and there he's standing there. I'm like, Oh my God. And he's, I'm like, you have your own store. And he just hugged me so hard. He's like, I'm so glad to see you. Cause it's like really hard to come by other people that are also Muslim in this, in, in outside of Quito. So he was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you live here. So it was nice to talk to somebody like, and that was a nice surprise. Anyway, I went to the store and I got my stuff that I needed and I came home my cat scratched the fuck out of my arm because I did not take her. And that was apparently my punishment. <laughs> Speaking of allowing someone to abuse you, I really don't know how to help, how to get her to stop the super aggressive behavior when she's mad at me. Oh my God. And then, you know, followed by like an hour later, she's all sweet and loving again. You know, she was like falling asleep in my arms, stretching her legs out in a, in a straight line. And, and then, then she like look into my eyes and make her pupils all big. Like, I love you so much. And then giving me the kitty kisses. It's like my arm still hurts. So I'm really not so much into hugging you right now, but I did. And she won me over little furball. She's super adorable, man. But when she's not, oh my God, she's scary. She's like a panther. Panthers are probably nicer though. I'm just saying <laughs> sometimes, but I asked her, do you want to go in your carrier? And she was just like, no. And I put her lizard in her carrier. That's a signal for we're going to go. It's not an actual lizard. It's one I bought at the zoo to support the zoo. And, um, when I went on my birthday a couple years ago and she just was like, no, I don't think I want to go. And I think the problem was not that I left as much as I left on for her relaxation music for cats. And it was like TV for cats and it had, um, birds and ducks and fish and exciting things and pictures of other cats, you know, sleeping. It was kind of the suggestion of this could be you right now, you know? And I think the music was so shitty that she didn't like it. I came home. I'm like, what the hell is this music? Right. It was still playing. And, and I realized my cat is more sophisticated than this. So we, when I um, put on some jazz music later, 
she jumped in my arms and that's when she was all sweet to me. I'm like, Oh, she likes jazz. Okay. That's something that's really good to know about your, your animal. She likes some snappy poppy tunes and jazz. Okay. (laughs) And she loves hip hop. I mean, she's got to have her hip hop, right? If I put on a Saweetie song, she's just like jumping in my arms. Like, you know, it's time for dance party. And we do have dance party quite often. Anyway, um, something weird happened last night. There was a shadow person in my house. I laid down in my bedroom. I was just like trying to relax. And out of the corner of my eye, someone walked through my room and then disappeared. And it wasn't a ghost. It was a shadow person. I also been having a fire spirit hanging out with me for a couple days. And I'm like, please, please don't hurt my house or me. You know, I mean, cause things can catch fire when you have a fire spirit around. Right. And he said, no, he's just here. Eventually he's going to teach me some things. He's just observing me. And I'm like, okay. And I've been talking to the fire spirits when I light the stove. So of course, you know, one of them got curious and now he's hanging out with me and and it's pretty cool. You know, he has nice energy, nice, warm energy, warm personality. <laughs> but the shadow person thing freaked me out. And I, I was like going to call my cat to see if she could see it. And, um, instead I called out my son's name. I'm all Virgil. <laughs> and it was like, he doesn't even know where I live. He's never even been here. Like, it's hilarious. I think he's going to come running from the living room or whatever. It was just like a gut knee jerk reaction. So I told my kid, I'm like, I love you so much. I obviously, I miss you so much because I just called out your name because I saw a shadow person in my room. And out of all the people in the world that I know, you're the one that would be able to see it. And you're the one that would help me to get it to where it's supposed to be. He's also Archangel Raguel, my son. So you know, he's got skills. <laughs> he's got supernatural skills. And my, my daughter does too, you know, but you know, she hasn't lived with me for a couple years longer. So you normally, I would be like, yeah, let's get in here. But no, but this time I called my son's name. I'm like, Hey, get in here. And I realized, Oh, he's not even here. <laughs> it was like an odd moment. It was like, Oh shit, I'm scared. And then boom, I called him. So I think that made him feel good a little bit like, oh, my mom still needs me, you know, (laughs) it was one of those weird moments. Um, I've been having really good dreams, really strange dreams, but I've been working out a lot of stuff in my dreams. I don't know if you guys are going through this, but, um, you could even say, you know, you could do dream work for your shadow stuff too. You don't have to be consciously aware of it constantly. You know, uh, you could just say, Hey, Holy guardian angel, guide me and help me as I go through my shadow work tonight and say to your higher self or God, please help me or your spiritual healing team. Please help me work out through my dreams, the shadow stuff that's that hurts me the most emotionally right now. You know, it's going to change from week to week as you work through stuff that won't be an issue anymore, but Anyway, it's just a thought. Um, I just saw 33. So there you guys go for those of you keeping score with the angel number thing. Um, 
All right, let's get to uh, spaceweather.com and then we will take a quick break and get into the Earth Changes report and the weekly Weird World News. All right, so uh, the solar wind speed currently is 348.0 kilometers per second, which means we might be getting a little bit more solar wind than we did yesterday, but it's not a lot. We are in the middle of an arid meteor shower, and my scrolling thing does not work on my computer because somebody pushed all the buttons when mommy was at the grocery store. <laughs> We're not saying who, knowledge. <sighs> all right, uh, Sunspot AR2829 is crackling with minor B-class solar flares. There's two facing us right now. Uh, the uh, sun spots. We only have two right now. Uh, so we have gone down, which means we do have a little bit more solar wind coming our way. As far as the neutron counts, that's the cosmic radiation bombarding us. We're still at a high level. We're at 9% of the space age average. And it's gone down by 0.7% in the past 48 hours. Now, a stream of solar wind flowing from the southern corona hole in the sun will reach Earth on the 8th of June, which is Tuesday. So we will be back on Monday, and we will keep that monitored as best we can to see, you know. We're getting different uh, upgrades and downloads all the time from the cosmos, and... Sometimes it's from the cosmic radiation, and sometimes I believe it is from the sun directly. Okay, uh, according to the NASA's All-Sky Fireball Network and the All-Sky cameras, only five fireballs reported over the United States, and they were all sporadic. As far as the Schumann resonance is concerned, in Italy, from DisclosureNews.it, we are at power 26 that is 26 hertz frequency on the Schumann resonance scale. And last but not least, the thing I love to talk about is the Schumann resonances. In heartmath.org, they monitor six different cities. But, oh, here's another one for you. Uh, 22, I just saw 22. All right, so the, at the 2300 hour, had to move it up one hour, on June 2nd, which was Wednesday, this is uh, basically what was happening in the world of the Schumann Resonance. This is basically the vibrations. Normally is 7.83, so less than 8, but this is what it was around the world on Wednesday. California was at 90 hertz frequency. Hafuf, Saudi Arabia was at 112 hertz frequency. Lithuania was at 139 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 155 hertz frequency. Northland, New Zealand was at 46 hertz frequency. Last but not least, and coming down from 750 hertz frequency, Halului, South Africa, they came down to 343 hertz frequency. That can be an angel number, 343. Any of these could, if you keep seeing them repeatedly in your life, go look it up on an angel numbers app or uh, angel numbers website 
to get this skivvy on what that means. Or no, not skivvy. The skinny. I was seeing skivvy, skinny, skinny dipping, skivvy, skivvies. That's not what my dad used to call underwear. Okay. Anyway, so 343. Also, a 55 or 155. Um, those are the numbers that come out, pop out to me right now as far as angel numbers are concerned. If you keep seeing these, it's a message for you directly, dear. Go check it out. All right. So I, uh, I'm going to play something funny from A-L-E-X-A. <laughs> and then I will come right back with uh, the Earth Changes Report and the weekly weird world news right after this alexa are you a super villain it's just a normal day at the office until i head into the break room i pour a cup of coffee smiling to myself as the last drop falls into my mug. And then, dun-dun-dun, I don't make a new pot. <laughs> that sounds super villainous to me. Alexa, tell me a Star Wars limerick. There once was a princess named Leia. Of all the rebels, she's the main player. She's quick with a blaster. Her wit is even faster. Don't cross her, or it's your last day, ya. guys so how do you know you're in hell <laughs> or that this is the end of the world uh, I um, looked at the two choices in the little tiny store in Montanita for Manzana Vinagre uh, red apple or apple cider vinegar it's not red apple I'm <laughs> like red apple Apple cider vinegar. So, um, the cheapest choice was freaking orange, like really, really orange. And I realized that they put dye, some kind of artificial dye in vinegar. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's orange. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh, maybe that's the, uh, you know, um, the, the plastic bottle might be orange. And so I tilted it to the side and this lady was next to me and she's like, Oh, don't buy that. Like, you know, that's, that's not, that doesn't look good. I'm like, it looks like Hugo de Naranja. Like it looks like orange juice. Like what is wrong with this vinegar? And she said, look at this one. And I looked at the other one and it looks like a Chardonnay. <laughs> it's like also not vinegary color, but it's natural and organic. So I bought it. It's a dollar more. Anyway, I uh, started to have heartburn a few minutes ago. And I'm trying to open this bottle. And I, have you guys ever gotten a bottle of something with the um, cap is all metal. And the bottom part that's supposed to break off when you twist it doesn't. It doesn't break off. And you can never open the fucking bottle unless you take a knife and saw on it but this is like 
made from freaking steel or something and I can't get it open and I'm like what the hell like it twists fine but it won't twist off because of the bottom part of this metal thing and it's so tight on there that I can't even pry it open with a knife and I'm like dude this is this is hell this is one of the examples that we might not really be on earth (laughs) we're actually in hell or something I mean you know I just I hope I could get through this hour without um (laughs) without (coughs) having like a aspirating situation on my hands where I burp up stomach acid and aspirate it because I breathe in or something like that has happened to me and then then I have to go on prednisone it's like ridiculous then I can't breathe for a couple um couple weeks. It's ridiculous. But um knock on wood that won't happen. But um <clears throat> so in case any of you notice my wheezing in the first half, I just smoked I, I bought a bong when I was in Montanita Beach and I just <clears throat> I just toked uh quite a bit. Not a lot, a lot, but a little bit, but several times and I was trying out my new bong and um you can probably tell it was a little bit high in that first half. I'm more sober now. I had some yogurt and I ate a little bit. But, um, so yeah, I don't know. What's up with this vinegar? I'm like, I know I'm in hell. Anyway, uh, we're gonna try to whip through some of these stories quickly from watchers.news because we are, um, we have two full pages and two stories on a third page. We have spillover. That means there's a lot of things going on. Um, a couple of these, I think, are just scientific discoveries, but the, it looks like a lot of these are actually um, stories. So why do I do this? Why do I do the um, Earth Changes Report every week? It's because we are at the end of the world, it seems like, and we might as well know what's going on and here at the end of the world. I mean, let's score brownie points with God by praying for our fellow man. <laughs> and, you know, and actually becomes more spiritual and raise our vibration by praying for our fellow man, which is literally us. Um, you know, just having love and compassion that opens your 11th chakra, which leads to your 12th chakra being open, which leads you to be an ascended master. It, it all leads towards that as a goal. Even if that's not your goal this lifetime, it eventually will be your goal. So we might as well start now. And uh, anyway, I was thinking about this guy that I met, this old man that I was talking about in the first half. And I said, I don't know where he was from. And then I just kind of left it. Like he was a person of color. I don't know where he's from. That sounded so awkward. So um, I was thinking about like, where the hell was he from? He did not speak English well, which is why he did not speak English barely at all. I I didn't mention that part. He was from another country. He was not American originally. I think he might have gotten his citizenship or he was working towards it. But I think he might have been from Sri Lanka or something. But Sri Lanka or India or I don't even know. But he was such a sweet person and... You know, I think he was excited because he had friends coming over and then he just like gave us this awkward candy and it was so, 
we never went back. <laughs> we never ever went back to his house. And I think he was a little bit sad about that. And I think he thought it was the candy. And I think it was the candy, but oh my God, my life. I seriously, I could write a comedy book about this shit my parents did now that they're both dead. <laughs> God rest their souls. But I mean, I, you know, now that they've died, I could actually roast the hell out of the shit they did. I could roast them now. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they're roasting in hell. So, I mean, that wouldn't be so funny, but you know, they, they, they meant well. <laughs> anyway, let's get to it guys. All right. Uh, the first article here on watches.news strong, uh, magnitude 6.1 earthquake hit Alaska. 6.1. That's that's a number we see often, and I don't know exactly why, but scientists are uh, looking into this. Um, the guy who has suspicious observers on YouTube, he's always talking about this. But um, so the magnitude and depth was reported by EMSC as well as USGS, which is the United States Geological Services. And they were saying the depth was 58.2 kilometers or 36 miles, which is considered shallow for an earthquake. Um, and the epicenter was at 47.3 miles or 76.2 kilometers north of Chickaloon, which is a little, little town with a population of 272 people. So Chickaloon, if you're, if someone there's listening, um, I hope you guys are okay and not too many dishes got broken there. Um, asteroid 2021 KN2 flew past earth at 0.38 lunar distances. Oh my God. That's like so close. A l- one lunar distance is between here and the moon. So this is like 0.38 of that. So this just keeps happening. You know, that might be the how we die. You know, I don't know. And then uh, KO2, the other asteroid, 2021 KO2, flew past Earth at 0.96 lunar distances. So, damn, we might lose the moon. You know, if it just imagine if it was one lunar distance, it would hit the moon. Maybe. I mean, if the moon was on that side at that time, it's still a a hard chance, you know, it'd be hard for it to happen, but man, that's, that's a little scary, man. Uh, there's no prayers involved with this. It's just something to know, I guess. Uh, tropical storm Choi Wan forms near the Philippines, um, between Palau and the Philippines on the 30th. This is the third named storm of 2021 during the Pais the, the Pacific typhoon season, not Pacific, <laughs> the Pacific typhoon season on the current fa- forecast track. Uh, Choi Wan will likely remain over the Philippine sea over the next five days. That means they're going to be getting a lot of rain. Let's, um, send love and sunshine to the Philippines and also, uh, to Palau. Historic rainfall hits New Zealand, causing severe flooding. Hundreds of residents in North Canterbury in New Zealand have been evacuated. Wow. Amid severe flooding fueled by a one in 100 year. 
heavy rain over the weekend. According to NIWA or NIWA, the rainfall was 200 to 400% of normal for the month of May, which of course caused rivers to rise and leading people to uh, evacuation status. Uh, Let's send love and light and sunshine to New Zealand to the North Canterbury area. Now, at least four people are dead as heavy rains trigger floods and landslides in Nepal. So, damn. Um, This was because of the onslaught of tropical cyclone Yaz, Y-A-A-S, causing flooding and landslides in parts of Nepal, and it resulted in four fatalities at least. They don't know, of course, until it's over usually with these things. That's how it goes. Downpours cause damage in Chautara in the um, rural district of Nabahini. So uh, let's send to Nepal love and light and sunshine um, and, and prayers for the families, of course, of those four uh, people. Brazil is experiencing the worst dry spell in 91 years prompting emergency drought alert so according to the government agencies they warned and declared an emergency drought alert for june through september as the rains are forecast to remain scarce during this period so i mean this is the theme you know in some places it's an absolute drought and they're having a bad dry spell no rain and which can lead to a fire season that's really bad and out of control or it's just massive floodings it's like one or the other there's got to be a way to balance the earth if you guys could figure it out maybe just send the whole mother earth Gaia just balance just just balancing you know everybody is suffering one way or the other uh, I'm in a drought right now where I'm at Anyway, but it is starting to rain, you know, thank God it'll keep going. Hopefully, uh, there's a slow slip earthquake currently occurring off the east coast of the North Island in New Zealand. Um, the event be- began off the coast of Porongahu, Porongahau, maybe next week. I mean, last week, I'm like telling the future now, (laughs) last week in the same area as the one that occurred shortly after the point, the 7.8 Kaikoura earthquake of 2016 in November. So, uh, so it looks like it might be another big one. Let's just send them love and light and calmness to that part of the earth in the North Island of New Zealand. Um, all right. The, a large mud volcano eruption in Colombia injures one person and forces 150 people to evacuate. That is strange. Um, this is in Antioquia department, Colombia in Necocli, N-E-C-O-C-L-I. I have never heard of this town. I lived in Antioquia, in Medellin with my kids for a couple months. It's one of the most beautiful, clean cities and very, very modern, more modern than a lot of probably maybe more modern than anywhere else. I mean, they have a, a solar powered, um, escalator 
solar powered escalator on the side of a mountain so that the elderly people who live in a little village at the top of the mountain could come down on the escalator in a couple minutes versus um, climbing down the mountain over the course of five to six hours to go into town for supplies or to sell their their wares and um, Pablo Escobar did that so um, Medellin is an incredible city but I've never heard of this a mud volcano now I've heard of a, a water volcano that's in in uh, Guatemala and I've talked about it before where it collects rainwater for like a hundred years and then it gets pissed off and blows its top and floods the town <laughs> floods a lot of places with hot water it's crazy but this mud volcano that's crazy so this large mud volcano uh, happened on the 30th of May and is the strongest eruption of this mud volcano since 2005 so it's been 16 years and there you have it I don't know what to do about that send calmness to the volcano I suppose so it doesn't affect more people um, and another asteroid this week flew past Earth at 0.46 lunar distance. So just under the space between here and the moon. Halfway at the halfway point. Crazy. Um, nothing to do there, prayer-wise. Record cold grips eastern U.S. over the Memorial Day weekend. So... Uh, here we go. Uh, numerous cold temperature records have been broken in parts of the eastern U.S. over Memorial Day weekend, while a heat wave is forecast to reach dangerous levels for some locations in the West, according to the National Weather Service. Okay, so um, a friend of mine wrote to me, Lamont. I hear from him every couple weeks, and he lives in Detroit. And he told me a couple days ago that it was 46 degrees at night and then the next day, 90 degrees in Detroit. I mean, for this time of year, 46 degrees is a little bit cold. 90 degrees is definitely hot for Detroit. It, they usually don't get much over 80, 85, even though that just seems hot enough, but... I mean, it does get 40 below in the winter um, on the worst days that I was there. But, man, that's it's crazy. But in California, like I, I mentioned yesterday, Orland, California was like at 109. Chico is at 106. This is where I used to live. My kids and I, right after their father uh, passed away, we lived in Chico, California. Because their father had been in paradise and I wanted to have a little bit of a buffer zone or he actually he lived not in paradise but in Megalia just north of paradise so um but we got it was hot man we had days it was bad and they in Chico they block off the river a part they dam up a part of the river for the summer months and they even make a little kiddie pool out of the river the river is pretty big and um and it's called the Sacramento, it's like the north part of the Sacramento River. And it's nice, they like cordon it off so that nobody will like float away or whatever. But they cordon it off and they make a giant swimming pool and the sides of the river look like a swimming pool. 
you know, like the ladders to get in and out and it's concreted up like a swimming pool. That part of the river is literally a swimming pool, but it's the river. It's one of the coolest things I had ever seen in my life. And we used to take um, the kids there when they were little and we'd go in the kiddie pool, you know, until they're ready to try swimming in the bigger part of the river. But it was safe because it was like cordoned off. Like it was just super cool. And that was like the public swimming pool was just the river. Like how totally awesome is that? Like the, I think they cordoned off, like there's no fish in there. There might've been a couple, but, um, overall it was just, it was like a swimming pool, but there was no chlorine. So super, super natural, super healthy. You're surrounded by, um, Sherwood forest, literally, um, Errol Flynn played Robin Hood in, oh gosh, I think it was the fifties. And that's where they filmed it was in that part of Chico, right next to this public swimming pool. Although that part of course was not in the, in the movie. Um, and it probably, probably hadn't started doing that yet, but, um, those giant 200 foot Oak trees in that movie, they made it look like the way England used to look before they cut off, cut down all their trees. And, and, um, it was filmed in Chico and those trees are still there and they have movie nights where you could just go on Fridays and watch a movie in the park in the baseball diamond surrounded by these 200 year old oak trees. Chico's literally, it's, it's like one of the coolest places I've ever lived. They had Friday night concerts and I think the movies are on Saturday because they don't want to conflict. So it's actually Saturday, Saturday night movies in the park. And then every Friday was Friday night dancing um, downtown. And the whole town would get out together and we would just dance. You know, like thousands of people. <laughs> and they would just play this music. It was always free. It was a really cool place. I Sometimes I miss it. But when I hear that it's 106 degrees, not so much. It's, it's just too freaking hot. It's too hot there. Anyway, um... Let's see here. Uh, where were we? Um, so I just lost my, uh, you know, you know, this is the time too. we're having like mercury retrograde. And not only did my cat make it hard for me to do the scrolly thing. When I went to type in the search engine to look up watchers.news, um, it wouldn't let me type <laughs> every single button on my keyboard was beeping and and it wouldn't let me I, I couldn't do it I had to shut the computer off turn it back on and then it threatened to do updates for the next four hours <laughs> I'm like oh my god this mercury retrograde is just crazy though with the electronics so if you're having electronic issues let me know tell me about it because um you know, just confirm it for me. Cause I'm pretty sure this is maybe part of the theme of this particular mercury retrograde. It might be, usually it is electronic issues, you know, but it just seems like it would be more so at this point with all the issues I've already had. It's only been a few days anyway. Um, I don't know what to do about the weather in the U S other than let's just pray for everybody that everyone stays safe, no matter what their weather conditions are. Um, so there was a Lehar advisory for Mayon volcano under tropical storm Choi Wan in Dante, <laughs> like Dante's Inferno. Oh my God. In the Philippines. 
So they've had now, um, since the 1st of June, prolonged and heavy rainfall produced by tropical storm Choi Wan, known as Dante. Oh, they're calling it Dante. <laughs> okay, makes sense. <clears throat> In the Philippines. And it might generate post-eruption lahars on major channels draining Mayon Volcano by incorporating loose material from remnant pyroclastic density current. So uh, basically what that means, it's dry hardened lava might be removed. And it's always like dry hardened lava is always covering. It's like, it's like a a candy coating (laughs) candy shell over the nice hot lava. (laughs) It kind of keeps it in place. But now that this tropical storm is rolling through, it might be like lifting up chunks of the lava. And if it does that, now they might have more uh, lava flows because the lava is like blocked from the cold, hard outer candy shell of the volcano. I just so I've never heard of this, that a storm could do that. that. That's really scary. So asteroid 2021 KT2 is going to be flying past earth at 0.76 lunar distances on the, um, lunar distance on June 1st. So didn't we just say this was the name of one a few minutes ago? Why can't they just name, you know, asteroid Harry, asteroid Sally, you know, it'd be so much easier, you know, memorizing all these, who can memorize these? It's ridiculous. This is the 61st known asteroid to fly past Earth within one lunar distance since the start of the year. All right. Significant flooding has swept now through parts of New Mexico. Oh, note to self, call my brother. He's probably out there filming it. He always does. He's got some really crazy footage of flash uh, floods in Alamogordo, New Mexico. All right, so uh, significant flooding swept through New Mexico, leading to damage and disruptions on the 30th. At least one person died after her vehicle got caught in flood waters in Hondo. Significant flooding hit parts of the state after Sunday. So, wow, okay. Let's send love and light and sunshine to New Mexico. Um, their, their soil there is... Um, clay so it doesn't really take you know most of the places it's clay there it doesn't take up the rain really really readily so just a tiny bit of rain goes a long way new mexico is a very beautiful state my grandma and grandpa and my birth mother lived there all my birth family my brother my half brother lives there he's a filmmaker Anyway, um, okay, so near uh, nearly 416,000 people have been displaced after the eruption of Mount Niragongo in the DR Congo. All right, we talked about this last week. Uh, the International Organization for Migration, IOM, has estimated the total number of displaced people linked to the volcanic eruption to be 400, well, roughly, uh, almost 416,000 people, 47% of them are children. Oh my God. In the city of Goma, more than half a million people have had to move. have had to evacuate. So let's send the, um, 
the Congo, let's just send them the, our love and light and I guess calm energy to the volcano. This, this is, we're talking about how the silica, when it's not present, makes the lava flow like water. So that's what makes it super, super dangerous. Usually, um, there's silica in it and usually that means that you could see the lava, but you could totally outrun it. It's like, oh, ha ha, you know, never going to catch me. Don't say that if you're over in the DR Congo, because it'll, it'll catch you and set you on fire and then swallow you whole. So don't tease that volcano. And, um, let's send love and light to the people who lost their homes and may they please find homes and decent shelter really quickly. Uh, parts of Southeast Australia shiver through the coldest May mornings on record, man. Okay. So they recorded the cold temperatures on Sunday and Monday with many inland areas plunging below freezing temperatures. This is in Australia. So in Melbourne city in Victoria, um, the temperatures plunged to 35 degrees Fahrenheit or 1.7 degrees Celsius. And it's been the coldest May morning on record. So send them love and light and sunshine. Tropical storm Blanca forms well to the Southwest of Mexico. Um, so this is, uh, just the second name storm of the 2021 Eastern Pacific hurricane season. This is the first time that two named storms have formed in the Eastern North Pacific to 140 degrees West prior to June, June 1st. And then I don't know, probably in the past hundred years or something. Um, I'm not going to click the extra link to see if you guys want to read any of these articles, I'm just reading you like the headlines in the first paragraph. If you want to read any of these, please go to watchers.news and you can find them just right there on the first page of this website. All right. So a rare level five warning for disruptive snow has been issued for parts of South Africa. They have snow and a level five. What? The South African weather service or SAWS has issued a rare orange level five warning for disruptive snow over the Drakensberg regions for June 2nd with mountain passes expected to be closed. A yellow level two warning for disruptive rain is expected over extreme. I don't know what what the rest of that is. Anyway, if you want to read the article, but so they're basically, they're saying that it's going to be disruptive snow in South Africa. Um, I have a friend there too. I should probably write him and ask he's from Kenya and, um, he's having a hard time finding work. So please pray for my friend, Tony in South Africa. Um, he just wanted to be able to send money home, you know, for his family. And he had a great job and then the pandemic hit and he lost it. So I don't know, just send love and light to Tony, but let's send love and light to everybody though in South Africa. Um, and also speaking of light, let's send them some sunshine for warmth because it's not normal for it to snow there right now. Um, 
Lehar has an advisory for Tal and Penatubo volcanoes in the Philippines. Due to potentially high volume rainfall produced by Choi Wan, the tropical storm known as Dante in the Philippines, and its trajectory, Dost Philvox has issued Lehar advisories for Tal and Penatuba volcanoes. So, I mean, this is this is scary. You know, man, I just let's send them love and light and sunshine and calm that they don't, you know, that everything's okay. Uh, tropical cyclone Choi Wan Dante to make landfall over Batangas province in the Philippines. So there's a lot of reports about this thing. So we'll just say throughout the whole Philippines that send them love and light. A bright meteor was recorded over Cordoba, Spain. Um, it was recorded in the framework of the SMART project which is operated by the Southwestern Europe Meteor Network, or SWEMN, S-W-E-M-N, from the Meteor Observing Stations located in Sevilla, Lajita, Toledo, and more. So if you want to go check it out, there's a pretty cool picture, if not a video, on the bright meteor that was recorded over Cordoba, Spain. That's on watchers.news. A massive sinkhole has opened up in southeast Mexico. Um, it is 262 feet in diameter, which is 80 meters, and has opened up on a field in southern Mexico on the 29th, so last week. No damage or injuries were reported, but a nearby home is at risk of being swallowed in the gaping hole and it continues to expand rapidly. Let's send a lot of love and light to the people near the massive sinkhole in southeastern Mexico. Give them love and light that they uh, have another place to evacuate to if need be and that nobody gets swallowed whole by this thing. That's really creepy and really scary. Um, all right, Earth Grazer Fireball recorded over the Rio Grande del de sol i'm sorry rio grande de do sul <sighs> okay on sunday might have interstellar origin Ooh, interesting in brazil an earth grazer fireball recorded over the rio grande do sul in brazil on sunday may have been from an interstellar meteoroid according to the brazilian watch network or bramon it was the third fireball sighting in a week. Wow, for the country of Brazil. So I don't know what to do about that other than let's just send them uh, love and protection just in case. The weekly volcanic activity report reports that there are five new uh, volcano activity and unrest um, things going on, events going on, but overall there's only 19 volcanoes which is good because 20 is average. So we're at least below average on volcanoes. Well, not on floods or droughts. <laughs> anyway, a modest CME glancing blow from the long duration, from May 28th long duration solar flare. 
So remember, we talked about this uh, in the beginning of the week. A coronal mass ejection, a CME, was produced by a long-duration C-class solar flare. And it barely disturbed Earth's magnetic field. Solar wind parameters were likely to become slightly enhanced, but it didn't really do a whole lot. Um, We were already there. Been there, done that, right? A powerful tornado hit Shangji, damaging 168 homes and wreaking havoc on farmlands in China in the Heilongjiang province. So, uh, wow. Let's send them love and light and calm storm. You know, there's a storm, so let's send them calm wind, calm energy. That's um, kind of scary. In the Moluka Sea in Indonesia, there was a strong magnitude 6.1 earthquake. So it was registered by the USGS at 6.1. It hit the Moluka Sea, Indonesia, um, at 10.09 UTC time on the 3rd, and the agency is reporting a depth of 31.2 kilometers, or 10.4 miles. EMSC is reporting 6.1 magnitude at a depth of 24.8 miles, or 40 kilometers. The epicenter, um, if you want to look at it, it's on this article in the Moluka Sea in Indonesia. So, all right. If you want to see stunning drone video of the eruption site of Fagra Dalsjall, that is in Iceland going off right now, that really big volcano over there. It's one of the most magnificent sites, they're saying. And um, you may uh, look at this guy's video, I guess. Uh, it's a drone, a drone video. That's pretty cool. All right, Delhi sees the coldest day, the coldest June day, amid the streak of record-breaking weather since August. So I have a friend in India who wrote me and said it's so hot there they could barely stand it, and I gave them several of my tips for staying cool because I did live in Mexico where it was very hot with my kids, and we had to be very creative. And I'm like, hey, you just get a, a washcloth wet, fold it and pop it in the freezer let it freeze it takes like an hour or less and it's one of the craziest things because um you know putting an ice cold cloth on your neck it just takes a couple seconds and you totally cool down you just keep it there long enough for all of the blood in your body to cool down because eventually all the blood in your body passes by one spot so i think it takes like 10 minutes and, and it cools you down totally. So, yeah, they've been having a lot of uh, heat wave there in India. But at the same time, I mean, um, I'm sorry, cold wave. So at the same time, they have a heat wave. My friend is having a heat wave. And then, but here in Delhi, they're having a cold streak. So it's very weird. It's just, that's not, and that's kind of like what's going on in Detroit too with the up the ups and the downs. Um, so yeah, India's capital Delhi has seen its coldest June day on record. And on Tuesday, 
June 1st, um, there was record-breaking um, temperatures that plummeted down to 64 degrees Fahrenheit or 17.9 degrees Celsius. I'm sorry, 64.2 uh, Fahrenheit. The city has been on a streak of breaking weather records since August 2020 with at least one major record busted. So, yeah, it's funny. So here's like a a freak streak, (laughs) a record-breaking cold in Delhi. And I don't, my friend told me, he's not, I think he said the Swat Valley. And where he is, it's, he said it's so hot, they they can't do anything. They're laying around just trying to breathe and and they're very, uh, just, they're very hot. He's like, it's, it's overwhelming. So that's weird that record-breaking weather. It's all weird. Ushuaia hit by the heaviest snowfall in more than 20 years in Argentina. So a snowstorm has been pummeling Ushuaia city in Tierra del Fuego, Argentina, since the 24th of May. Now, according to the Civil Defense, the storm dumped more than 1.6 feet of snow over the weekend alone, which is an amount not seen for more than 20 years. So that's that's crazy. A historical storm brings uh, 16 feet of snow, or 5 meters, to the summit of Mount Hutt in Canterbury, New Zealand. A severe storm has been bringing rain and heavy unseasonal snow to parts of Canterbury's ski fields this week. 16.4 feet of snow, wow, fell in the summit of Mount Hutt between Monday and Tuesday. Oh my God, 16 feet in one night and during two days. That's that's, uh, really unheard. If you want to read this or any of the other articles, again, watchers.news. A drought ravages California's reservoirs with record lows, low levels expected this summer. So all the reservoirs in California are basically running low with Lake Oroville expected to reach a record low later this summer. I remember when Lake Oroville almost flooded and they were terrified that the dam was not going to hold. And my near twin flame was one of the construction workers on the site and he literally saved the town of Oroville um, when they fixed that so it wouldn't flood the town. And <laughs> I'm just proud to say I dated that man. I'm proud of him. It's pretty cool. So he was my near twin flame. And it was pretty cool. It's nice to have a relationship with someone where you don't have any karma. And that was pretty neat. <laughs> it was very easy breezy and I loved it. So anyway, so nearly three quarters of a state of the state of California is suffering from the extreme dry spell and uh, other areas are facing a dire water supply situation. No bueno. Uh, I hope, I hope California can figure it out or borrow water from Santa Barbara because they do have a desalinization plant they installed in the ocean to collect rainwater. I mean, uh, seawater because the drought was so bad. We were suffering. It was when I was there. 
uh, Finland basks in unusual heat while cold prevails in part of Eastern Europe. See, it's like this hot and cold shit all over the earth right now. Finland is facing unseasonal heat for early June in contrast to the cold weather conditions experienced by countries farther south. On Thursday, June 3rd, a Finnish weather station within the Arctic Circle registered a sweltering 29.3 degrees Celsius or 84.7 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, these temperature fluctuations are crazy lately. Scientists identify new atmospheric circulation over the Arctic. Um, from the scientists are from Japan, South Korea, and the U.S. And they have seen a new pattern of atmospheric circulation around the Arctic that could drive co-occurrences of heat waves and large-scale wildfires over the region, particularly in Siberia and. I don't know, subpolar North Pole. I don't know. I can't can't make it out because it it just cuts off mid word. And that I would have to go all the way to the other page. We don't have much time, so I don't know. That's just crazy. Um, I guess let's send prayers to California and rain to California. Let's send. Prayers to Finland that they can work their weather situation out. And this is just a study scientifically of the new atmospheric circulation. So moving right along. World's longest record recorded earthquake lasted for 32 years. Wow. Well, this is not a new news, but uh, this 8.5 earthquake shook Sumatra, Indonesia in 1861 was long believed to be a sudden rupture on a previously quiescent fault. However, new research showed that tectonic plates below the island have been slowly crashing against each other for 32 years. Wow. Talk about a slow burn. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what to say about that. Um, Last but not least, thank God, at 44 <laughs> minutes in, supervolcanic eruption of Toba destroyed the ozone layer, causing population bottleneck. Now, don't panic. This happened 60,000 to 100,000 years ago. This is what they believe contrib- contributed to a population bottleneck during that period. I don't know what that means, but okay, let's just roll with it. According to a new study, the event was triggered by the eruption of the supervolcano Toba in Sumatra, Indonesia. And that is, uh, my friends, that's where we're ending. Because that's the whole week right there. So, all right. Alright guys, now we come to the part of weird news. (laughs) This is most of your favorite part of the show. Um, We only have 15 minutes to get through some of these stories. I'm going to coasttocoastam.com tonight. They have gathered a giant list of cool news reports from around the internet. And I'm just going to read the headlines here, but you can go to coastcoastam.com forward slash in the news 
and this will take you to these articles. I'm going to go from the most recent backwards. Um, we'll see how many of these we could get through in 15 minutes. So here we go. Um, according to live science, <laughs> scientists have recreated the first matter that appeared after the big bang in the large Haldron or Hadron Collider. The first matter in the universe may have been a perfect liquid. I think it says that in the Bible, actually. It's the first page of the Bible. I'm going to, I'm, now I'm going to, now I'm curious. I'm going to go look that up. I know some of you, uh, one of you contacted me recently and you're a Christian. Maybe you know this. Uh, that's very interesting. We could look that up. Okay. Conjuring house from, you know, the movie, the conjuring, the house owner says it is still haunted. It's real. Wow. The family who live in the real life house on which the conjuring was based claim to have seen ghosts there. I thought it was a fictional story. Um, I watched that with my kids actually in, I think in Guatemala, I watched this with my kids. My daughter had seen it and she's like, Oh, it's, you're not going to be so scared, mom. I'm like, Oh my God, when did you see this? Why did you see this? (laughs) Well, I guess after I was asleep, she got into the Netflix account and she was like very, it was well when it first came out and when it's first on Netflix. So it makes sense. So, I mean, I've lived in haunted houses. My house in Detroit is, haunted by a very rude woman who only haunts me when I'm asleep or in the laundry room by myself in the basement. I mean, the two times you just don't want to be haunted. And actually a little girl from a hundred years ago haunts the house. And when I told her I bought the house and she said, well, are you, she says to me, well, where are you from? And I told her and she's like, well, I don't get it. Like, are you, I think she said, are you Jewish? This little ghost asked me and I'm like, no, huh? I'm Muslim. Why? And she says, well, that's weird. You know, cause she'd never heard of that. And I'm like, why is it weird? She's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, okay. And she's like, are you Christian? I'm like, no, it was like weird conversation. And then she said, so tell me more about you, you know? And she asked me if I was, um, Polish or something. She all these questions, this little ghost interviewing me, you know? in my closet. I was like, just trying to pick out an outfit. And here's this little girl just comes walking in. And I saw the outline of her and she's like, why are you in my house? And where's my dad? You know? And I was like, Oh my God, I have to sit down and conversate with this ghost. And, um, one of the things she asked me was my nationality. And I said, well, I'm American, but I'm, you know, native American and Irish. And she said, you're Irish. (laughs) Yeah. And she just burst out laughing. She's like, you can't afford this house. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, this girl. Oh my God. Like she was just so (laughs) precocious. I'm like, Oh, that was, she was a cute ghost, really cute ghost. And you know, I just, it was very weird. I think she was sick. I think she died of pneumonia, but that's the next story. Uh, according to Atlas Obscura, What the heck is a pneumonia front? The explanation behind a drastic bone chilling, mysterious weather event in the upper Midwest. (sighs) 
The first time I ever got pneumonia, well, I was a baby. I was born and got pneumonia immediately. Frickin' welcome to the world, baby girl. <laughs> but the second time I ever got pneumonia, I was hospitalized in the upper Midwest in Minnesota. Pneumonia front, yeah, I think that's real. <laughs> Neuroscience does not undermine the free will after all. Researchers debated whether certain electrical activities in the brain indicate that human beings are unable to act out of free will. But it doesn't undermine our free will after all, according to Dartmouth College. Tax dollars at work there. Good thing we know that now. (laughs) A tomato spill leaves England Highway looking like the set of a horror film. Oops. Oopsies. UPI reported that the vehicle crash left the roadway covered in a layer of red liquid. Great. U.S. finds no evidence of alien technology in flying objects, but they can't rule it out either, of course. According to the New York Times, new report concedes that much about the observed phenomena remains difficult to explain. A massive skull washed up on a New Jersey beach. Photos of this show the remains of the rounded base and two long pointed protrusions. When I first saw this, I thought that is a massive bird head. And some people are saying it's a pterodactyl. <laughs> they were making all these guesses. The scientists are like, what the heck? And then they discovered it's probably this skeletal remains of a mink whale. So mystery solved, I guess. NASA will launch two new missions to Venus by 2030 to return to Earth's hellish twin. Oh, God. Uh, Space.com reports the announcement came Wednesday during a NASA administrator, Bill Nelson's live-streamed State of NASA speech. So, all right, in nine years, we're going to Venus, I guess. Mysterious home in a Scottish town of Nairn has been unexplained for years. It's an incessant droning hum that tortures and puzzles the residents, according to Mysterious Universe. Well, that really sucks. I I don't know. I, I've had a mysterious hum in my ears for about four years now. It's a little bit there now, not much. It's We all have it, but if when it comes from outside of your own brain, it's like... It's got to drive you crazy because it's like, I live here, but I, I don't want to, you know, it's just, ugh. so the first solar eclipse of 2021, which we just had apparently, um, had a ring of fire around it in the sky. That sounded interesting. Now I want to go look at these pictures. Early rising eclipse chasers might also get to see the sun show off. It's rarely seen horns. And shark fin, too, according to CNET. Well, th- now I want to go see pictures of this. It was overcast since I've gotten to the beach almost, except for about four days of beautiful sunshine with fluffy white clouds that only happened a few times. And now it's just going to be forecast for the next six months and cold. 70 degrees during the day, 69 degrees during the day with, you know, strong winds coming off the ocean. So I actually like it here. <laughs> 
Okay, will we ever be able to talk with our pets? Well, you know, I talk with mine all the time. Has the tide of technology advancement brought us closer to the dream of talking to one's pet? According to Gizmodo, they were researching that. If you want to look at this article, coastcoastam.com, okay? Under in the news um, section. Uh, No, an asteroid the size of a skyscraper is not going to hit Earth. Sorry. Well, don't be sorry. I'm grateful. Like... It should say yippee, not sorry. (laughs) The latest crop of near-Earth objects are not the threats to ending life as we know it. Thank God. And that's also according to Gizmodo. New York Magazine reported um, what we can expect from the Pentagon's UFO report. And the release will be the most direct, substantive U.S. government account of what officials called Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAPs ever made public holy moly i mean this is like the time we are now finally reaching the times of full disclosure thank god finally i signed petitions back when art bell was running coast to coast am like wow i mean it's been a long time i've been waiting for this since the 70s actually when i watched project blue beam and and um is that the name of it or blue blue something anyway let's move on we only have five minutes let's get through some of these uh headlines sri lanka faces an environmental disaster Ooh, let's send them love and light a burning ship covered in beautiful beaches covered beautiful beaches in plastic snow a burning ship what okay i don't washington post reported on that a wandering meatloaf creature has teeth of iron its teeth sport a rare iron mineral according to live science my son sent me this article and i just my mind couldn't wrap my i couldn't wrap my mind around it wandering meatloaf creature has teeth of iron it was such a creepy picture that i immediately repressed it and just talked to my son with my eyes closed for an you know <laughs> until i scrolled down enough where i didn't have to look at it Extremely rare prehistoric animal carvings found for the first time in Scotland. That is very interesting. 4,000 to 5,000 years old, they think. Physicists are on the brink of redefining time. Time is a construct made of atoms. What? Okay, my mind is officially just blown right now. Okay, I don't have, we don't have, we don't have time for that. Inverse uh, reported that. New York Times, um, they're trying to guess if the space weather season will be stormy or fair. Uh, I guess the scientists are debating it, but we can let them be. I I don't want to be a part of that debate right now. The movement to protect your mind from brain-computer technologies. Yeah, I was thinking about that the past two days, honestly. Um, Columbia University, they're uh, checking that out. Gizmodo reported it. The mysterious Tanganyika laughter epidemic. In an African village in 1962, people began breaking out into contagious laughter that would not stop. Mysterious universe. (laughs) Okay, I'm just kidding. Fake laugh. (laughs) Real laugh. 
Oh my God. Breaking out to contagious. There, there's been reports around the world, like where people break out in mysterious laughter bouts and they can't stop laughing and they laugh themselves to death, which what a way to die. How fun, right? You would think I, I, I now laughter yoga, but that's okay. But people want to do that. It's not uncontrollable. But there have been bouts of dancing where the people can't stop dancing and then they dance themselves to death. Another one that could be uh, slightly fun, I guess. I don't I, I don't know. All right. Um, yeah, so the laughter epidemic. Um, I don't know. I think that that's a good place to stop. Uh, go. What? This is... Okay, so I just read the article. I had to pause it. Uh, really quickly. Uh, it lasted for 18 months. It started in a remote village in, in um, Tanganyika. It went to Tanzania where they called it Omunipo. And it also spread to Uganda. And it lasted for 18 months. And it was a psychogenic disease. They don't know what the hell caused it. There was no virus in any of the victims. A lot of the kids were bedridden, laughing their heads off for 18 months. And they had to close the school. What a reason to close a school. This is nuts. January 31st, 1962 is when it started. And 18 months later, it just mysteriously stopped. And it, there were fits of crying and shouting and anger. And it was just a mass psychogenic illness, otherwise known as an MPI. But nobody knows what caused it. No virus, no toxin. Oh, my God. That's it. That's all she wrote, baby. I hope you had a great week. Have a great weekend. I'll be back with all new unique programming on Monday, just like always. Signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy Fifth Dimension, guys. I love you. Have a lovely weekend, guys. Bye. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.